I want to just pause right now as we begin uh, our message, which is entitled, How to Keep God's Day Holy. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you so much that you have given us a day, Lord, the seventh day each week to set aside, Lord, as a holy day to spend time with you, extra time, Lord, and to not have to worry about all the cares of this life. And Lord, we've seen uh, that it is a blessing that you've given us, but Lord, we want to know how can we keep this day holy, Lord? How can we live on this day in a way that is especially pleasing to you? So Lord, we pray that you would be with us as we open your holy word this morning. We pray that you would speak to us and that you would guide us and that you would continue to lead us as you have. Lord, we ask and pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So let's begin our message this morning back in the beginning, back in the Garden of Eden, where everything was perfect, everything was beautiful, everything was lovely, everything was very good back then. In the beginning, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, the Bible records the end of the creation week in this way. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth, and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he did what? He rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. It continues, saying that God did three very important things here in verse 3. It says, then God did what? He blessed the seventh day. Then he sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So here we see that God blessed the seventh day. And friends, when God blesses something, he blesses it forever. Amen? Amen. Secondly, God sanctified the seventh day. That means he set it aside as a holy day, a special day for us and him. Friends, the seventh day, Sabbath, is not like the other six days of the week. Amen? God rested from all of his work on this day. And he spent time with Adam and Eve, enjoying the new creation that he had made. And ever since then, friends, God has always had a people on this planet that have kept the Bible Sabbath. Yes, it was kept before the Jewish people ever came into existence. And it's been kept from the very beginning, back in Genesis. And as we read through the Bible, we see that the Bible gives us some commands throughout Scripture. And we want to pay attention to those commands. When God asks us to do something, we want to do it. Amen? Because we love him. Because we love him and we want to honor him in all of our ways. And so look at a few of the commands of Scripture with me here. The first one is found in Exodus chapter 31, verse 14. The Bible says, You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore it is holy to you. Exodus 35, verse 2 says, Work shall be done for how many days? Six days, days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3, the Bible says, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest and holy convocation to you. You shall do how much work? No work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all of your dwellings. So the question begs to be asked, friends, how should Christians keep the seventh-day Sabbath? What does God require of us? What does God desire of us? And this morning, friends, we are going to look at seven biblical principles that God gives us to know how to keep the Lord's day holy. So seven biblical principles. You have a handout that's been passed out to you, so you can follow along. You can jot down some extra notes uh, as the Lord impresses you. So the first principle, we'll jump straight into it here this morning. The first principle is the preparation principle. It's important for for us to plan and prepare for the Bible Sabbath. What do I mean by this? Well, let's go to God's word and see some examples. Uh, In Luke chapter 23, verse 54, the Bible says, that the day that Jesus died was called what? It was called the preparation day, and the Sabbath drew near. Now, in the Bible, the sixth day, that is our Friday, was known as the preparation day. It was a day for people to get ready for the Sabbath, to welcome the Sabbath. And the next verse says, And the woman who came with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned to their homes and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they rested on the Sabbath according to what? The commandment. 
according to the commandment. So here we see that these women who were believers in Christ rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And the Bible says here that they spent Friday doing what? Preparing. They were preparing spices and fragrant oil. But when the Sabbath came, they rested from all of their work. And, um, and even the work of preparing the body of Jesus for burial, they still rested even from that work. And how were they able to do this, friends? They were able to prepare ahead of time. The very next verse tells us in Luke 24, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had done what? They had prepared. So here we see that early Sunday morning, on the resurrection morning, they came to the tomb and brought spices which they had prepared. And, but praise God, they find out that Jesus is not there. Amen? Amen. Where was he? He was risen. He was risen. Praise the Lord, friends. So just to review here briefly, we see that Jesus died on Friday, the preparation day. He rested in the tomb on Saturday, the Bible Sabbath. And then as his disciples also rested according to the commandments. And then Christ rose on Sunday, the first day of the week. And we praise the Lord for that. Amen. So God designated this sixth day of the week, that is our Friday, to be the preparation day for the Sabbath. So let's look at uh, some other verses in Scripture that explain a little bit more about this principle of Sabbath preparation because we want to compare Scripture with Scripture, amen? That's what we want to do when we study the Bible. Uh, it, it helps us understand what the Scriptures are saying as a whole. Look at Exodus chapter 16 with me. Exodus chapter 16, verse 23, the Bible says, Then he, that is Moses, said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Friends, do you want to know what the Lord has said? Yes. Amen. This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until when? The until the morning. So in other words, this text is telling us to get ready for the Sabbath. Now in those days, baking and cooking were especially laborious tasks, weren't they? Not only, you know, they, they didn't have quite all the conveniences that we have today. Cooking can still be a lot of work today, can it? Uh, I know my wife is, uh, she spends a lot of time in the kitchen doing wonderful acts of love and service for me and for all of us when she brings food to potluck. And it's, it can be a lot of work. But back then, it was even more work. Think about this, friends. They couldn't just go over to their uh, stove and just turn it on up to 350 or whatever. They had to go and gather wood. They had to build the fire. And uh, there was so much that went into that, friends. It was a very laborious process. So um, how do I apply this principle of Sabbath preparation from this verse in my own life? Well, each week, my dear wife, who prepares most of the food in our home, she takes extra time to, to prepare food on Friday, sometimes even on Thursday if she has to, but most of the time on Friday to be prepared for the Bible Sabbath. That way, when the Sabbath hours come, the Holy Sabbath hours, we will be able to spend more time with the Lord and more time with each other. We'll, yes, we'll still heat up food on the stove on Sabbath. Yes, that's, that's okay. God doesn't want you to eat everything cold, right? But the idea is to do as much preparation on Friday that you can possibly do so that um, the day can be the most special with Jesus. Friends, God expects us to prepare for his blessings. He wants our businesses. He wants our homes. He wants even our vehicles and our families to be ready for the Sabbath day. Amen? On Friday, we prepare our homes by cleaning and doing household chores, uh, like vacuuming and cleaning the bathroom. I know for me, growing up, I grew up in a Sabbath-keeping home, and one of, the, one of the chores that I was always given each week on Friday was to vacuum, and somehow that has stuck with me to this day. I'm just the one that goes around the house and I vacuum everything up, and that's, that's my Friday chore that I do, and take out the trash. You know, we want the house to be clean and welcoming so that uh, it's just... It, so that we can invite the presence of the Lord to be there with us. We want our, even our houses to be ready for the presence of the Lord. So we, do, we try to get all of the regular mundane things of life done during the six days of the week so that the Sabbath can be an extra special time. It can be different. It can be a special date with God. Now, friends, have you ever gone on a special date and cleaned the bathroom? 
No, right? Have you ever gone on a special date and um, swept out the house and, and shook the rugs and did all the laundry? Probably not. You want that special date to be special where you can spend that extra time with the one that you love. And the Sabbath is a special day where we can spend it with our Creator God. Amen? So we can prepare even our vehicles uh, for the Bible Sabbath by getting gas on Friday. And uh, if we know that we'll need it on Sabbath, if we know that we're running low, we always try to get it on Friday or on one of the other six days. And uh, as a family, it's a beautiful thing to help uh, to contribute to being ready for the Sabbath. Like I said, in my home, growing up in a Sabbath-keeping home, we all chipped in to try to help the home to be ready for the Bible Sabbath. Friends, the more you prepare for it, the more of a blessing it will be. Now, friends, when, uh, when people get engaged, they are looking for what day? They're looking forward to the wedding day. Now, is that a special day or a regular day? It is a very special day. By God's grace, you will only get married once in your lifetime, and um, it should be a special day. And what do, what do couples do when they get engaged? They're starting to plan, right? They're preparing from the very moment they're engaged. Some, some of the, uh, the ladies are preparing from the time they're little girls, right? They have been thinking about what kind of dress, what kind of decorations. They are planning and preparing because they want that day to be special, right? Likewise, the more we prepare for the Sabbath, the more special it will be. We saw last weekend that in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 32, that the, that the Bible Sabbath begins and ends at sunset. Leviticus 32:22 tells us, From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. So friends, we want to have all of our preparation done by sunset on Friday so that we are ready to welcome the Sabbath there on Friday night into our homes. Each week when the time changes, you know, as the time changes in the fall and the winter, it can sometimes make that a little bit more challenging, can it? We have less daylight hours uh, to get ready, um, but it keeps things uh, different, right? Sometimes in the summertime, the sun doesn't go down all the way until 9, 9.15 here in the Northwest. Uh, so we want to keep that in mind as we seek to prepare for God's blessings on the Holy Sabbath day. The second principle that we want to take a look at here this morning is the separation principle. We want to keep the Sabbath holy, the Bible says. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So when it comes to the Sabbath day, we must remember that it is a different day. It is not like all of the other six days of the week. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, which is the fourth commandment that we read for our scripture, the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to do what? To keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Friends, the Sabbath is not an excuse to be a lazy person. Amen? It says right there in the fourth commandment that you should work the other six days of the week. You should do some sort of meaningful work. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out and, and work a job. If you're retired, you can do a lot of work around the home. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you can do a lot. There's a, it's a full-time job, isn't it? And it, it doesn't stop. And so... Um, so right here we see that the commandment is not encouraging us to be lazy, but it's encouraging us to be diligent in all that we do on those other six days of the week. The Bible continues, it says, But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord did what? It says that he blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. That means he set it apart as a special day, friends. He sanctified it. So this principle deals with how to keep the Bible Sabbath holy. So right here in the fourth commandment, it comes out and it gives the first way that you can keep the Sabbath holy. And that is by abstaining from work on the seventh day Sabbath. Friends, that is real work that you get paid for, as well as the other mundane tasks that we have to do throughout the other six days of the week. In other words, friends, if it can be done during the other six days, do it then, but don't do it on the Sabbath. Amen? And that's why my wife and I, we've chosen to do all of our shopping on the other six days of the week. We'll do our budget on the other six days of the week. We will pay attention to the news on the other six days of the week. We will do our bills all of that, we take care of that on the other six days, but not on the Holy Sabbath day, because we want that day to be a special day. 
It can, be, it can be hard to imagine to start doing this if this is new to you, you know, if this is a totally new thing to you and you're, you're wondering, man, that sounds so different from what I'm used to. Friends, God can help us. Amen? He can help us to make adjustments in our lives, in our schedules, in our priorities, and we're all growing in this. Amen? We are all growing and wanting to honor the Lord in what we do. Now, the commandment mentions something about a servant. What, what does it mean about uh, a, a servant? Well, friends, none of us probably have personal maids or personal butlers at our home, do we? So what, is, what does this mean? Well, friends, we do, we do pay people to work for us at times, don't we? Sometimes the dishwasher breaks and maybe you'll pay for a handyman to come to your house and fix it. Maybe uh, you'll, you'll need to go out, you know, you, you need to buy something or you need to hire someone to fix your roof or whatever it may be. Uh, when you hire that person, you are making a transaction and that person is becoming your servant in a biblical way, right? So let me illustrate how I apply this in my own life. I don't schedule people to work for me on Sabbath, just plain and simple. You know, if I need something done, I schedule it Sunday through Friday. And um, I don't go out to eat also on the Sabbath. And it's because I don't want to make people serve me. If I'm going to a restaurant and I'm paying for food and they are serving and waiting upon me, those people are becoming what? They're becoming my servants, right? And I, I don't want to uh, make them be my servants. I want to I keep this commandment, friends. If I'm traveling, if let's say I'm asked to go somewhere over the weekend or we're going on a trip and we have, happen to have to stay in a hotel on uh, Friday night, I will put, I'll often put the do not disturb sign on my door. And this is because on, on Sabbath morning when, when I wake up and, and those uh, ladies are coming through usually trying to clean the rooms and stuff, they will see on my door that, hey, it's okay. You can take a break. You don't have to clean this room. I can reuse my towel. It's not going to kill me. Amen? And so that's how I apply that there even when I'm traveling. Those things, some of those things can wait until Sunday. The commandment even says that your servant shall be free from work. And that's why we want to do these things. Now let's look at another passage here in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Um, here in Nehemiah, Nehemiah had returned to Jerusalem from the city of Shushan, and he was led by God to rebuild the wall around the city. And the Babylonians had destroyed this a while prior to that. And in Nehemiah chapter 13, he writes this way. He writes of the way that people were profaning the Bible Sabbath. And he says this, Nehemiah says, In those days I saw people, the people of Judah treading wine presses on which day? on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, and figs and all kinds of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on which day? On the Sabbath day. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Friends, he warned them about this because the people knew that they shouldn't be working. They knew that they shouldn't be buying and selling on the Bible Sabbath. So Nehemiah warns the people and it continues it says, men of Tyre dwelt there also. They lived nearby who brought in fish in all kinds of goods and sold them on which day? The Sabbath to the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then it continues. It says, then I, Nehemiah, contended with the nobles of Judah and said to them, what evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers do thus? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on, on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by doing what? Profaning. Profaning the Sabbath. You know what Nehemiah is saying here, friends? He's saying that part of the reason that the Babylonians came and they took over Jerusalem is because the people had been profaning the Bible Sabbath. They had been desecrating the day. They hadn't been keeping it holy. It was, they were treating it like it was a regular day, which the Jews knew was wrong. They knew that it was sinful to do that, and yet they were doing it anyways. And so God let them be taken captive by the nation of Babylon. And here Nehemiah and the Jews that had come back uh, God had led Nehemiah to bring about revival and reformation there to Israel. And so Nehemiah is urging them to not allow commercial business to take place uh, there in their city, in Jerusalem, done on the Sabbath day. The passage continues in verse 19. It says, So it was at the gates of Jerusalem, 
as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be opened until when? After the Sabbath. Friends, if you're, notice, if you're noticing here, Nehemiah is a take charge kind of guy, isn't he? So here he, he, he knew that what was being done wasn't right, and so he takes charge about it, and he shuts the gates of the city. He tried to make reforms that would help make it easier for Israel to see the importance of keeping the Bible Sabbath. But the heathen kept trying another time or two to come and engage in commercial business with those in the city. Look at what it says in Nehemiah chapter 13. It continues in verse 20. It says, Now the merchants and the sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside of Jerusalem. How often? Once or twice more. Then I warned them and said to them, Why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you, Nehemiah says. And from that time on, they came no more. On which day? On the Sabbath. Friends, the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy is an important thing to God, isn't it? And that is why he's given us the Ten Commandments. The Fourth Commandment tells us to keep the Sabbath holy. He didn't give us the Ten Suggestions, right? The Ten Commandments. Friends, God wants us to be intentional about keeping the Sabbath holy. And that is a process of learning. It's a weekly process. It is a yearly process, a monthly process. And friends, I would encourage you, after, after this sermon, to pray, to go home and pray and ask the Lord uh, how you can be intentional about keeping the Bible Sabbath holy. If there's something that you could do any other day of the week, then do it on those days, but not on the Bible Sabbath, because you don't want to be focused on the mundane things of this life on the Lord's holy day. Because by doing those things on the Sabbath day, doing those regular things that you can do the other six days of the week, we're simply forgetting we're simply forgetting the Sabbath and we're losing the blessing of the Sabbath. And it's the only commandment that begins with the word, remember, remember. Okay, so some, some may say, well, okay, I won't work outside of my home. I won't go to my job on the seventh day Sabbath, but I'll just bring work home. That should be okay, right? Well, friends, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't carry the burdens of work home with you. Don't mull over the issues of work and business on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath literally means stop. It means cease. It means cease. And, and, and that's what we should do on the Sabbath day, friends. Ex stop and experience the blessings that God wants to give you on the Sabbath day. The third principle for how to keep the Lord's day holy is this, and that is the compensation principle. God wants us to delight in it, to delight in the Sabbath. Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath what? A delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then, there's a promise here, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Friends, what a wonderful text of joy and freedom right here. Delight in God and delight in him, especially on the Sabbath day. And he will supply all of your needs. He will take care of you. Amen. Notice that God wants us to especially honor him on the Sabbath, it says. Not doing our own ways, nor finding our own pleasure, nor speaking our own words. Friends, God wants our undivided attention on the Bible Sabbath. Amen? Mm -hmm. He wants our undivided attention. We can be so busy in this life, but on the Sabbath day, that is God's special day. He wants that undivided attention. Friends, how would you like to go on a date with someone, that special someone there in your life, and the whole time you're on that date, they are on their phones doing their own thing and they completely neglect you. Would that be a good date or a bad date? It would be a bad date. It would be something, a date that you probably wouldn't want to repeat, right? Uh, you wouldn't feel so good about that. Or how would you like it if you were able to spend the entire day with the one you love and you've been looking forward to it, you've been planning and thinking about something fun that you could do together and enjoy it, 
but then the whole day that special someone ends up deciding that they want to play video games by themselves the whole day or watch TV or movies all day by themselves. Would that make you feel special? <laughs> not at all, right? It would not make you feel special. Would it honor you? No. no, it would not. Friends, God wants us to especially honor him on the Bible Sabbath. And when it comes to keeping the Sabbath day holy, and when you're wondering what is appropriate, there are some good questions to consider. The questions like, would this honor God? Would this activity bring glory and honor to the Lord? Would this conversation that I'm having, would it honor God? Ask the question, will this activity bring me closer to God or will it bring me farther away from God? And if it will take you farther away from God, friends, don't do it. And if it will bring you closer to the Lord, then do it. That would be a wonderful activity if it would bring you closer to the Lord. Friends, if we make the day common, just like any other day, if that activity would make the day common just like any other day, then don't do that activity. And friends, God is not wanting to make uh, he's not wanting to make this day a miserable day. Amen? Amen? Notice that it says that he wants the Sabbath to be a delight for us. He wants it to be special. He wants it to be enjoyable. He wants it to be the best day of the week for you. Amen? So on Friday evening, as the sun is setting, many Sabbath keepers like to open the Sabbath together as a family or as a church family by gathering together to worship the Lord. Often they open the Sabbath together by having worship in their homes. They sing songs and they read from the Bible. And uh, one, one chapter in the Bible that I would encourage you to, to read, especially on the Sabbath day, is Psalm 92, actually. It's a beautiful psalm that was especially written for the Sabbath day. Psalm 92. Take, take that home and read that one when you get home here this afternoon. So take delight in God's special date with you. He's made it a special day, and it's a special date for you and God. The fourth principle of Sabbath keeping is the celebration principle. Worship with others on the Sabbath day. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6, the Bible says, Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, and holds fast my covenants. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful where? In my house of prayer. Friends, we should be joyful in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We should be joyful as we are singing songs of praise to him. We should have a smile on our face. Amen? Amen. Because the Lord has been good to us. The verse continues. It says, Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. From my house, for my house shall be called a house of prayer. For how many people? All for all nations. A house of prayer for all nations. So here, God is saying that there are other people that are looking for God. And that, they are, and that we are to open our arms and we are to receive them, friends. We are to receive them into our fellowship. Amen? And join together in worshiping God in the house of prayer. The passage continues. It says, The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel. Friends, does God care about the outcasts in our society? He does. He cares about the marginalized. He cares about the widow widows and the orphans. He cares about those that are struggling in so many different ways. It says, The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him. Others besides those who are gathered to him. So friends, God plans to bring a lot more people who don't know about the Sabbath right now, he wants to help them to know about the Sabbath and to come together with God's people and worship the Lord on the Sabbath day. Look at what we're told here in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Here Paul writes, And let us consider one another in order to do what? To stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. There's a lot packed in here in this powerful verse, friends. So here we see that this verse is encouraging God's people to assemble together. He doesn't want us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. Instead, he wants us to gather more and more with believers. And what, what should we do when we gather together with other believers? What, what does the verse tell us here? 
It says that we should exhort one another, right? We should stir up love and good works. We should encourage one another when we gather together as believers. We all need encouragement, amen? We all go through struggles and trials in this life, but praise God, we don't have to go through it alone. God is there with us, and we are there for each other as a church family, amen? And we should do this more and more, the Bible says, more and more as you see the day approaching. Friends, what day is that? That is the second coming of Jesus. And is, is, is the second coming happening soon, friends? I believe so. I believe Jesus is coming soon. We are getting closer and closer to that day. And if you believe that, let me, let me hear you say amen. amen. The Sabbath is one of those days that we can especially get together as a body of believers and worship the Lord. It's a day for personal Bible study as well. It's a, it's a time also for group Bible study. That's why every, every Sabbath morning at 9.30, we have a Bible study group. We have Bible study groups for children. We have a Bible study group for adults as well at 9.30. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful day to be able to spend time in God's word together. It's a time where believers can come together and they can pray and they can encourage one another. It's a day to use our time and our talents for the Lord to bless one another. I am blessed when people use their talents to honor and glorify God. Amen? You know, I don't have, I don't believe I really have a a, a wonderful, amazing voice, but I praise the Lord for people that do. Amen? Because it is a blessing to hear people use their, their voices for God's glory. And friends, the good news is, is that as we start to make this a habit in our lives, that we will actually be preparing for heaven. Because in heaven, we will be gathering together with fellow believers. Look at what the Bible says here in Isaiah 66, 22. The Bible says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. So friends, we will actually be worshiping the Lord when we get to heaven. Amen? And we will be worshiping on what day? It says the Sabbath day, from one Sabbath day to another, friends. So if we will be keeping the Sabbath holy in heaven, why not start here on this earth? Amen? So the fifth principle for Sabbath keeping is the contemplation principle. Focus on God's creation. Focus on the blessings that God has given us. Look at what Genesis chapter 2, 2 and 3 says. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has done. Friends, that is why we uh, end our work and rest on the Sabbath day, because that's what God did. And it, can, it continues here in verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Friends, the Sabbath was the climax of creation. God had created for six days and on the seventh day he rested. So it is very appropriate for us on the seventh day Sabbath to spend time out in nature admiring God's beautiful creation that he has made for us. And, much, and there is so much beauty in our neck of the woods, isn't there, friends? Here in the Northwest, there is a lot of beauty. I praise God that we can see the mountains often. We have such beautiful trees and hills. It is a wonderful place to be out in nature. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it, it affirms God's creative power as being a reason why he is worthy to be worshipped. Look at what it says here. It says, You are worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. For you did what? For you did what? For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Friends, God created all things. And we exist because he holds us together, amen? Because he has still chosen to give us his breath, the breath of life. And friends, God takes special delight when when we delight and contemplate his beautiful works of creation. Sabbath is a wonderful time to do that. Sabbath isn't the time to just uh, watch TV or movies. Uh, and maybe unless it's like a spiritual program, then I would say it's okay. If it's going to draw you closer to the Lord, that's a good thing. But friends, it's a wonderful time to be out in nature and to be refreshed, to have recreation, to be recreated into God's image. It's a time to contemplate the beautiful things of God that he made for us to enjoy. Friends, there is something restorative about being out in nature, isn't there? 
It is so nice to get out of the city. Praise God, we're, we're not really in the city, right? Uh, most of us, we are, you know, in these smaller towns, we're not having to deal with all the traffic, which I praise the Lord that we don't have to mess with that. <laughs> but um, there is something about, special about being out in nature, hearing the sound of the water, hearing the sound of the birds, um, seeing the trees and the mountains. It is a wonderful thing, friends. It's great to take your children out there. It's, it's great to take your grandchildren out there and to spend time showing them the things that God has made for us to enjoy. You can explain to them about the animals and what they do and what they don't do and how God has made each one unique and special. We can learn a great deal about God when we contemplate his creative works. The sixth principle of Sabbath keeping is this, and that is the restoration principle. Bring blessing and healing on the Bible Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Bible says, And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, The Sabbath was made for who? Man, that word is literally all of mankind. The Sabbath was made for all of man, not man for the Sabbath. Now notice the word man literally means all of mankind. That is very important. Friends. Some people think that the Sabbath was just made for the Jews, but it was made for all of humanity. So how can we be a blessing to people on the seventh day Sabbath? Well, we've already talked about how you can use your talents and abilities to be a blessing to others on the Sabbath day. If you can sing and if you're musical, you can bless others with song. If you have the gift of teaching, you can teach people God's word. What a wonderful privilege, isn't it, friends? If you are a good encourager, you can encourage people on the Sabbath day. If you are a good listener, you can listen to people that need someone to listen. They need someone to hear them, and you can be a good listener. If you're a good cook, you can you can have people over to your home and you can host them and you can share a meal together. Friends, we want to use all of our gifts and all of our talents to bless others. Amen? Amen. And then Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 12, to further explain the principle of bringing a blessing and healing on the Bible Sabbath. Jesus explains to the Pharisees um, that that it's okay to heal on the Sabbath. You see, the Pharisees actually believe that it was wrong to heal on the Sabbath, And to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was more about their own blessing. The Sabbath had actually become a selfish thing for them, that it was all about them and their blessing rather than being a blessing to others. And so Jesus talks to them. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful? to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him. Now notice, friends, they didn't ask because they really wanted to hear the reason why it was okay to heal on the Sabbath. They asked because they might accuse him. They were looking for dirt. They were wanting to get dirt, and and they were wanting to be able to accuse Jesus of breaking the, the Bible Sabbath. Then Jesus said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on which day? On the Sabbath day, friends. So here we see that Jesus shows that it is lawful to do good on the Bible Sabbath. It is lawful to help those that are in need. If if the ox or the sheep falls into the ditch, Help it out, friends. If someone has a flat tire, you can stop and you can help them. Amen? If someone is going through a rough time, stop and listen to them. Pray with them. Be an encouragement to them in the Lord. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Don't wait until Sunday if there is an immediate need to be relieved uh, of. If someone is suffering, if an animal is suffering, you can help them on the Sabbath day, friends. Jesus gave us an example of healing on the Bible Sabbath. He showed us by example that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. In John chapter 5, we see another story of Jesus healing someone on the Sabbath near the pool of Bethesda. There, there were people who waited by this pool because they believed that there was a special moving of the water and that the first person in would be healed. And there by the pool laid a man who had been sick for a long time. The Bible says he had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time to be sick, isn't it, friends? If, if you had been sick for 38 years, you would want to be healed, right? Let's pick up the story here. 
When Jesus saw this man lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to them, do you want to be well? Do you want to be made well? What a question that Jesus asked, friends. If we had been sick, if you had been sick for 38 years and someone asked you that, what would you say? Absolutely, I want to be well. I've been sick for 38 years. I would love to be made well. But the sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the, into the pool when the water stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, not, not 10 minutes later, not, not a month later, it says, and immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was which day? It was the Sabbath day. So notice, friends, that Jesus healed on the Bible Sabbath. He thought that it was good to relieve human suffering on the Sabbath day. But the Pharisees, on the other hand, did not. And they got angry. They were very angry that Jesus did this. And in verse 16, it says this, For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him, because he had done these things on which day? on the Sabbath. So they were angry that Jesus did this. But Jesus answered them by saying this. He says, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now, I want to bring out something important here, friends. Jesus did not break the Bible Sabbath. Jesus did not break the Bible Sabbath. If he had, that would make him what? A sinner. If Jesus had broken the holy law of God, that would make him a sinner and he could not be our perfect savior. But friends, the Bible says that he was without blemish. Amen? He was perfect and holy. He was that perfect lamb that was slain for us. Instead, friends, Jesus gave an example of how we should truly keep the Bible Sabbath in helping those that are less fortunate, in sharing the truth with those that are in darkness, in doing good to others. What Jesus did break was the extra laws that the Pharisees had made surrounding the Sabbath commandments. They had said that you could only walk so far on the Sabbath day. They said that you couldn't heal on the Sabbath day. They said that you couldn't carry your own bed, as was seen in the story of John chapter 5. They had all of these kinds of man-made rules that they had come up with to, uh, to ensure that they wouldn't break the Sabbath commandment, but they had made the Sabbath a burden by adding all of these additional human rules, and they'd become legalistic about it. But friends, we don't want to become legalistic about keeping the Sabbath, do we? We want to follow the principles that God has given in his word. He has given us precious principles to follow. Now, people have often asked the question, well, uh, then, then if Jesus healed on the Sabbath, then that means I, I could do my nursing duties or I could do my doctor duties on the Sabbath day. Well, friends, yes, you can heal on the Sabbath. And uh, several um, Sabbath-keeping doctors and nurses that I know um, have shared how they've processed these principles uh, since healing is their profession. If they get scheduled to work on that day, some choose not to to take pay if that's an option. Or if they get paid, they they decide not to keep that pay, but instead they, they give that to the Lord. They give it to the Lord's work somehow in some way. They realize that it is a service. It is ministry. And uh, so they allocate those monies to the Lord's work. Other doctors have said that they don't schedule surgeries on the Bible Sabbath, unless it's an absolute emergency, like, like the sheep or ox falling into the ditch. Then they will go out and they will do it. And friends, I think that is in keeping with the spirit of the Sabbath. We want to keep the spirit of the Sabbath. Healing others is a good thing to do on the Sabbath, as long as it's a service, not a job, not something that we're doing for ourselves. We're doing it for the blessing of others. The Sabbath is a great day to visit people that are downcast. It's a great day to to be with people that are depressed and lonely and share some sunshine of the love of God, amen? Amen. To share some encouragement with them. It's a good day to visit the elderly. It's a good day to visit those that, that aren't able to come to church for health reasons. And by doing so, you are bringing blessings 
on the Sabbath day. So healing, visitation, and ministry are great ways, uh, perfect ways, really, to spend the Sabbath hours. And the sixth principle of Sabbath keeping is this. Oh, sorry, that's the seventh. Thank you. The seventh principle is this, the faith relation principle. That uh, bring, bring, what does it say? There we go. Sorry, I had a typo there. Enter into God's rest. Friends, we want to enter into God's rest. The, the principle is subtle, but it's very important. Follow, follow me carefully here. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. It says, therefore, there remains therefore a rest. Now that word is sabbatismos. What does that sound like? Sabbath. Sounds quite a bit like Sabbath, right? It means a Sabbath rest. There remains therefore a sabbatismos, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his work, his works as God did from his. Friends, we cease from our work on the Sabbath, right? And then it continues. It says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, what example of disobedience is Paul talking about? Well, the disobedience of Israel in the wilderness. There, there, they had a lack of trust in God, right? God wanted to take them into the promised land, but they lacked faith, friends. And they had to wander in the wilderness for how long? 40 years. And that's what I believe the Apostle Paul had on his mind when he wrote this. He's saying, don't do that again. Don't make the same mistake. What God has in mind for you is to enter a new level of blessing by keeping the Bible Sabbath. But in order to do that, we must trust what God says. Amen? We must trust what God says over what man says. Look at the context here of Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. Looking in verse 19, it says, So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Friends, we need to trust God. That's what we need to do in these last days. We need to learn to trust him moment by moment, day by day. We need to surrender our will to him. And we come to the Sabbath trusting that God will take care of us. If keeping the Sabbath means that you might lose your job, friends, then do you believe that God could give you another job? Amen. Amen. He can give you even a better job by stepping forward in faith, wanting to not break his commandments by working on the Sabbath, friends. God can help you with that, that work challenge. And if any of you happen to have a work challenge, feel free to talk to me and we can uh, try and get you a letter written that you can show to your employer about your newfound convictions about Sabbath rest. Um, and it has helped many people before to be able to get Sabbath off from their work. And friends, for those of us that have been keeping the Bible Sabbath for a long time, we need to remember that we don't keep the Bible Sabbath just because it's a habit. We keep it in faith. Amen? We keep it because we want to enter into God's rest. Friends, we need that spiritual rest each week. We need that rejuvenation that only God can give. We want to go deeper with God than ever before. Amen? In these last days, we want to have a closer relationship to him than we ever have before. Don't be content with where you're at spiritually, but seek to continue to grow closer to him. Seek by faith to enter into his rest. So in closing, let's review our seven principles. The first principle is the preparation principle. Plan for the Bible Sabbath. Plan. Prepare for it. Make it a special day. Number two, the separation principle. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't do all the mundane things that you can do the other six days of the week. Uh, Keep those things reserved for the six days of work, but make the Sabbath a special and holy day. Number three, the compensation principle. Delight in it. Take joy that God has given you a whole day each week. 24 hours that you can set aside the cares of this world and you can focus completely on the Lord. That is such a blessing, friends. He tells workaholics that we can take a break. Amen? And you don't have to feel bad about it. You can actually feel very good about it. You can have the joy and peace that God gives you. So that that is the separation principle. And third, 
the compensation principle, delight in it. And fourth, the celebration principle, worship with others on the Sabbath day. It's important for us to be together as a church family, to, uh, to worship together as fellow believers, to encourage one another in the Lord. And fifth, the contemplation principle. Focus on God's creation. Focus on the beautiful things that God has made for us. Gather the roses and the lilies and the pinks. You know, think about all the wonderful things that God has done in your life and dwell upon those things, friends. And number six, the restoration principle. Bring blessing and healing on the Bible Sabbath. And as you do, friends, I, I guarantee you that you will also experience a blessing. You will experience a blessing as you seek to serve others and show them the love of God. And number seven, the faith relation principle. We want to enter into God's rest. Friends, I believe that these seven principles have been very helpful in my own life, and I, I hope that they will be helpful to you. The Sabbath has been such a blessing to me growing up. As I said, I grew up in a Sabbath-keeping home. And when I was younger, I didn't always understand the, the full importance of the Bible Sabbath. Sometimes I got mad because my mom wanted me to turn the TV off and I couldn't play my video games. You know, sometimes I didn't really understand it. But, uh, but God works with us. Amen? He seeks to grow us and he wants to help us to see the true importance of this day. And since I have understood now the, the true joy of Sabbath, it has helped me so much spiritually. It has helped me in my walk with the Lord. And I pray that as each one of you uh, seeks to make this Sabbath a special day with the Lord, that you too will grow in your walk with the Lord. Now Sabbath is the day that I look forward to most each week. I get to be with God's people, and, I, and, and I've learned to take delight in that day, and I hope and pray that that will be your experience as well. I pray that these principles will help you grow closer in, in your walk with the Lord. Is that your desire, friends? Amen. I pray that you will go home and that you will look at these principles and study it out more from God's Word, and that God would show you what He would have you to do to make the Sabbath a blessing and to keep it holy. Let's bow our heads as we close in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, what a blessing it is that you have given us a day each week, Lord, that we can set aside to be entirely focused on you and the things of heaven. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have fallen short, Lord, the times that we have brought the common cares of this life into the Sabbath, Lord, the times that our conversation maybe have not been pleasing to you on the Bible Sabbath. Lord, we pray for forgiveness, that you would that you would help us, Lord, to truly think deeply about the Sabbath and how you want it to be a blessing, how you want it to be a holy and special day. And Lord, give us wisdom to know what we should do and what we shouldn't. Lord, help us to not be legalistic about it, but Lord, help us to, to, to want to keep it holy out of love for you, out of reverence and respect and awe of you. Lord, you are the creator God and you have created us, Lord, to be with you on this day, Lord, and forever. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to work in our hearts, Lord, that you would continue to guide us as we move forward in faith with you. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless uh, each one of us as we seek to keep your Sabbath day holy, Lord. Help us to be a blessing on the Sabbath day is our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.